Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are back again in Caroline's kitchen, about to do another recording of Keeping It Real by Caroline and Sophie. Hello, Sophie. Hi, my love. How are you? And today we have with us a very special guest who is not only a very dear friend of mine, but also a woman I admire for so many different reasons. She is an incredible mother of India. She's an incredible bonus mother of four children in her second marriage. And I find it quite remarkable how in 24 hours she is able to balance everything from being a wife to being a mother to being one of the busiest entrepreneurial businesswomen I've ever come across, yet she still finds time to get on a horse and walk her dogs. I think it is completely incredible. So I would like to introduce you all to the wonderful Sabina Sinjin. That was too much credit, but thank you, Caroline. That's so sweet. I don't think I deserve all of that. But it is such a pleasure to be with you two here today. And I hope that I can share a little bit of my life experience with all these amazing listeners out there. And I just think that if you've gone through certain experiences in life, it's wonderful to be able to share and potentially help in other people's journeys. Couldn't agree more. And we're really thrilled to have you with us today. Very, very exciting. The world that we live in today is is so good in so many ways, very difficult in other ways. But I think uh, the freedom that people have today to make choices, to follow their heart, also means that we're living in a time where probably in our grandparents' generation, divorce was not heard of. But nowadays has become fairly common. And I think it's not an exaggeration to say that over 50% of people get divorced. I think the positive thing about this is that it does mean that if you are in an unhappy marriage, or you are two people wanting to lead very separate lives, have very different dreams, that it is today acceptable to get divorced. And we're sitting here three divorced women. um, And Sabina is the only one of us who's got remarried. And I'm very, very interested in what it actually feels like when you remarry, especially in a situation where there are children. And I'd like to discuss with you whether you think it's easier to be a woman loving a man's children than it is being a man loving a woman's children. Right, that's a, that's quite a few questions at the same time, but I agree um, that it's wonderful to address it. So first, I would say that um, I was divorced for a while, and then I think one has to take a little bit of time. You have to be very sure of the next relationship that you go into. I think that you have to have established a real partnership. And I think one of the most amazing qualities in our relationship with my husband now is that we are a true team. And I think to pull a family together, you have to be a team. You have to be a unit. The children have to see you as a unit. And that makes life incredibly much. It facilitates the journey of a newly combined family. And I think you require a lot of patience, a lot of love, and a little bit of authority. And being German, I think I needed to instill that just a tiny little bit. Um, There were times that were challenging. And I would say that you need to put your foot down at times. We all do. But you need to do it with love. Can I ask you a question? Yes. When did you feel ready to accept this man into your life enough to introduce him to your children? 
for your to your daughter? It was more the other way around. It was more my now husband who we needed to take time to introduce his children into our lives mm -hmm. because they had gone through quite a long period of um, not entirely knowing um, which direction um, their lives were taking. So I think we were, he was 100% sure of us and our relationship, and as was I, that we knew what we wanted from the future, that we were together, we were a unit, and only then did we really introduce the kids into that unit. And how long do you think that took to establish that with your husband? A year and a half. Wow, okay. Yeah, Before time. you introduced your yes. children. That is yes. amazing. Yes. That's really quite inspirational. I, I think people, oh, well, for me, for sure, it's my biggest fear to introduce my boys to somebody because I don't want, I feel like I've already let them down once by not remaining married to their father. And I certainly would never want to let them down again. And I think it's the thing that really holds me back in with anybody I meet. I just think I'm not going to introduce my children to this person until I'm absolutely sure that it's right. right because you don't want to put them through any unnecessary trauma yeah. for me in my experience with the brief encounters I've had with people what you think is something or starts off as something can quite quickly turn into something else and then you thank your lucky stars that you didn't put your children into that situation because things do develop and once you've put somebody in the observation box it might not be the same person that you started out with and both of you know everybody's different they you know you have different passions and interests and sometimes you can't come to an agreement in the middle and rather than put your children through that you've got to be that person first have you ever introduced your kids to anyone Dave beyond their father one person but they had no idea what it was and actually he was just a friend anyway so um and is still a friend but that one per I've, they haven't actually been around any male company apart from their father with me which I found a little strange which is why I invited this person for a cup of tea one day because I thought they've never seen me around any other man apart from their father and it's been two years since we've been separated yeah. but they they saw this person as a friend of mummy's and he is a friend of mummy's mm. And, and it's um, good to have friends. It's good to have friends of the other yeah. sex. I actually have a lot of male friends. So my children have grown up around a lot of mummies, really, really good male friends. They've only ever met one boyfriend um, beyond their fathers. Otherwise, they've met lots and lots of mummies, really good male friends. And it, what's great is because I have two sons like Yusuf, this male company does bring in another energy. And it does mean that, you know, these great friends of mine will go out into the garden and play a football game with the kids or tumble around. And the boys just have loved growing up I with love that. male friends. Yeah, I think that's so nice. And I think, you know, it's I actually considered getting a manny um, or a male au pair before I, I have my current lovely female au pair. The only thing that stopped me was thinking of having to have breakfast every morning with... <laughs> with a chap, a young yeah, guy, which kind of put concerned. me off. I was like, I can't possibly do my hair and makeup before breakfast. <laughs> I just didn't feel like inviting somebody to live with us was going to be right. But you're so right. I really feel sometimes, because all my friends are female, my friends that are male are married to my female friends, and I wouldn't have them over without their wives. Um, so I, we're always in a, in, a, in a female environment. And I think, you know, I play football with my boys and I mess around with them in the park, but there's something so nice about having a male engagement with them rather than it all just being female. But I think then it's also wonderful if one manages to have a good relationship potentially at some point again with your ex-partners. Mm -hmm. And I found that um, in my specific uh, divorce situation unbelievably important that my ex-husband is truly still part of our family. Absolutely. So therefore, um, at that point, the children then would never miss um, the male companionship. Now, I appreciate that that's not possible in every scenario because every scenario is different. I've been mm -hmm. very lucky and we've both worked on it a lot. We both dropped our egos. We both thought of our kids first and I really appreciate that's not doable all the time. What kind of advice would you give to the people out there who are struggling in having a relationship with their ex-husband or their ex-whatever-it-is who they may have children with. Because I think 
any dream scenario, both for kids, but also actually for us adults, is that if you could maintain a friendship, that would just be the greatest gift, not only to your children, but actually also to yourselves. What is the best advice you could give to those who are really, really struggling with finding that compassion and that largeness in their heart to embrace a workable parenting relationship in friendship? I think that's exactly the challenge that you've just brought up. And I think it is exactly that, which is overcoming at some point our own ego, our own shortcomings, and just truly thinking of the kids. And it's not always easy. And some people are, you know, it is more challenging than others. But I think if we can, is never break up the communication, if that is at all possible, Always go back and to try and find the compassion for the other person and try and still remember that you love this person at some point in time. I think that's a really good point. And actually, for me, it took a while to get to the friendship point. I'm now really much better friends with my ex-husband now than I ever was when I was married because there was so much emotion wrapped up in the failings of our marriage. Even though when we first separated, I think we went through a period of being very resentful of one another. I was very resentful that the father of my children was no longer in our life. And I think it took about six months to forgive and let go of all the shortcomings and all the failings of our marriage. And then actually remember why we did get married and we were greatest friends before we got married and I think once you get back to remembering that and the other thing that I I actually went to a therapist when I first put up with my ex-husband because I was so raw and afraid and I didn't really know how I was going to manage as a single mother and she actually said to me you do need to compartmentalize everything and you need to Take your emotional grief and loss and dissatisfaction and put it in one compartment and then put your children's needs and love for their father in another compartment and keep them very separate. And when you're with your children, you go into the compartment with your children's feelings first and foremost and yours are second and you have to keep that in the back of your mind and never speak a bad word about your husband, no matter how damaging if he's beaten you or mentally or physically just remember that the more you tell your children the more damaged they will become 100 percent do you think that it's never too late to reach out even if a decade has passed Do you think that, because I very much believe in nothing is ever too late. I'm a good old romantic in all senses of the word. But I'm just thinking that, you know what, for everyone sitting out there who does have a broken relationship, shouldn't we all just try and be really brave and be bigger than any ego could ever be and reach out and say, hey, let's get together as a family let's but what do you do in the cases where the other person is remarried if there's a new husband or a new wife and that person and that person doesn't like you either i mean this this christmas i just want to quickly say this christmas we we spent as a family with my ex-husband his parents my parents my brother and his brother all under one roof and we all had Christmas together for three days. And it was a truly Amazing. magical Amazing. experience. And my boys have not been happier in the past two years than that day. And that's what we and practiced that's why we did it. for 10 years. Yeah. And I think that is that should be the goal mm. of you know the achievement of bringing those families back together. Mm. And what you said about compartmentalizing, I think is so true. Because mm. actually females, us as women... We tend to be all about emotions and it all goes in every direction and it's lots of different wires and they're all connected and it all explodes. Mm-hmm. So if we are able to compartmentalize a little bit, it's actually quite a male trait. Men are able to compartmentalize much easier as women, funny enough. If women manage to do that, I think it would make life easier for us. Much and easier potentially for, us. for the kids. And it gives us more of a plan. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for Caroline, what you just said, so true. Now, I think forgiveness is one of the biggest things we can do for us, actually ourselves, and for others. I think forgiveness is one of the biggest emotions 
and things we can actually do in our lives. Because forgiveness sets not only the other person free, it sets us free. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge emotion. And I think if everyone was able to forgive, we would have a much happier world and a lot happier families mm -hmm. and divorce situations. And as hard as forgiveness may seem, and as as almost impossible, because if if you're hurt enough, the, the even, even the word forgiveness is painful. Mm -hmm. But you are so right in that forgiveness, I think, is the most liberating thing you can ever do in any circumstance. I actually remember reading this incredible book a number of years ago called The Shack. It's a terrifyingly awful story where a family loses a child. I'm not going to say any more about it. But this book very much explains what this father had to do, where he had to reach into the very depth of his heart and soul. But deep inside there, he was able to find forgiveness. Because only when you found the forgiveness, the ability to forgive, can you actually heal. That's it. That's exactly right. If you do not forgive, it will be uh, an oozing wound for the rest of your life. And it will dehabilitate so many areas of your life you've absolutely no idea and I just really believe that no matter how deeply wounded we may or may not be if we can go deep enough and we have to go so 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 deep to find that forgiveness is the thing that's going to set you free is the thing that's actually also eventually going to bring back happiness and joy into your life nobody has to suffer nobody has to be sad and broken forever. There is hope for everyone. And actually, just coming back again to Sophie's point, the compartmentalizing, because it's all well and good to speak about forgiveness. And I, that is it. It is the most important thing we can do. But it is because I also realize that there's a lot of people out there that have to fight for their finances. And that is very painful. And I think that has to be put into a box. And when it comes to the children that potentially we should try and put that into another box, which is our heart chakra, our heart, our being, and that we should try and heal and leave everything else behind. I totally agree with that. I think, you know, the, the separations and divorces happen for so many reasons. A friend of mine has just um, gone through a horrendous separation. Her husband fell in love with her best friend and they'd been having an affair for a year before he told her and now they're with wow. each other. And that must be brutal to to go to that place and try and to find your forgiveness husband and your best friend at the same yeah. time together i mean you have Whoa. to really dig deep to forgive that and yes. it will take her years it's not going to happen overnight yeah. but eventually when you do get to that place and you do forgive you're free of that person for one obviously they're always going to be the father of your children and that's so important to remember no matter how bad the breakup That is still the father of your children and they need a relationship to keep the, the, the children balanced and in the family still. And I think that's the hardest thing when you, when you separate from a husband, how you, to, how you tell your children because that is the, the worst part of all of it or it was for me. But darling, also the, the breakdown of your trust from oh, your... Horrendous. And I very much believe that um, our friends, the friends that we choose in life are, are also essentially our chosen family they are Absolutely. our extended Absolutely. family and I find that with my handful of very 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 best friends I literally put in my entire heart and soul and all my faith and trust so to have that trust broken by your very very best friend oh mm. I mean it's, it's tough I mean beyond it, yeah And I don't know, actually, that is something which is really, really tough. But I also do believe that time mm -hmm. is a great healer. Yeah. And what I've learned in life, which I am German, I'm a terribly impatient person. I had to learn patience. Mm -hmm. And I, heard to re I had to realize that time is a great healer for everything. And nothing is ever static. Nothing ever stays the same. Every situation moves. Mm -hmm. And then we have to trust that we are on the right path. Mm -hmm. And that that person that did that to us... Actually, it's probably better not to have them in their life in the long term. Yes. Because there's obviously something there in that person that is not of integrity. Mm -hmm. 100%. The values, the morals. 
if you can do that, you haven't actually really abided by the unwritten rules of friendship. That's so true. And I also think being brave enough to let go of friendships, you know, because we, we think we've got to fight for things all the time. And I think just going through a separation and moving house and letting go and letting go. And it's like peeling off layers of an onion. You just have to let go of these things. The first step is letting go of your husband when you separate, letting go of the fear of separation, the fear of failure, the fear. It's, it's such a lot of layers of letting go. And you can use tools to help you get through that. Friends, therapists, healers, Meditation. And this wonderful book, The Healing Code, which is is a book I came across completely by chance when I was skiing um, with old school friends in the beginning of February. And a very, very, very dear girlfriend of mine who I met when I was 14 years old and went to boarding school in Denmark, she told me about this incredible book, knowing that, you know, I've been on a bit of a journey myself. And my journey has very much been about healing wounds inside and finding in the depth of my heart the forgiveness of of what I feel has caused me hurt. And by the way, we all have our own opinions and we're all entitled to our own opinions and feelings. And it's what you have inside of you that needs to be healed. And this great friend of mine, Penila, then said to me, you've got to read this incredible book called The Healing Code. And I couldn't recommend it more highly more highly the book is by Alex Lloyd it can be bought on Amazon and I think it's a real life changer funnily enough when I ordered the book um, I got back to London and the book came in German so of course the first person that I felt this was a sign was that it should be given to my gorgeous friend Sabina who's here with us today as you know and Sabina has now read it and what do you think my love So not only have I read it, I'm actually practicing it. And I've now given that book to about four people at this point, And this is only in two weeks. I So I think that if you believe that everything is energy, I think then we have to believe that everything that's energy can change. And I don't want to make this too long because it's boring. But all I can say, I would truly think that the healing code is a life changer. It basically believes that an illness... Um, is the origin of an illness, is a blocked or deformed cell. And basically our cells change all the time. And the deformation of a cell comes from a known or unknown image that we store even from childhood trauma in our cells. And sometimes illnesses come years and years and years later. And basically the um, message of this book is that we need to heal ourselves through a mechanism we do with our hands and we can heal those cells and restore our energy flow in our body. When we restore the energy flow and let go of those negative images, we also restore the immunity system and the immunity system is our greatest healer. If our immunity system functions at 100%, -hmm. we can basically heal nearly all illnesses. And I, again, it is technical, but I can only advise to read this book because it is a very simple procedure that takes only six minutes to perform on yourself. And I managed to hear myself of a really bad sinus infection I had in America last week in only three sessions. And it was quite incredible, the power that we have in our own energy if we let go of our blockages and manage to let go of the cellular blockages that we are holding, we are actually able to restore our body to full health. So thank you, Caroline, for giving me this incredible book that I think is a life changer for all of us. I've just ordered it. I can't wait to read it. I have to say, though, just that resonates so much with me because I've been going through a lot of changes recently and I was introduced to a Reiki healer mm. and she's really given me my power back. Mm. And I think we lose a lot of our power. We give a lot of our power to other people, to our children, to our friends, to our ex-husbands, to new relationships we might have. And we give so much away. And And it's about, it weakens us us, and it weakens our immunity. And you have to just bring it back into yourself. And it's a very powerful tool. But I do think that, you know, you you know how you feel when you've had a really great night out with your girlfriends or you've had a a great few hours with a girlfriend or you've watched a wonderful film or you've watched a terrible film or you've had a fight with your children or whatever happens, you know how you feel on the inside energetically. You either feel good or you feel bad. Mm -hmm. And you have to be really mindful of how you feel on the inside. And I'm going to give you guys another great recommendation because... 
There are times when we go through really stressfully traumatic, crazy times that it's actually difficult to be completely present. And I've really found that talking about energy, there are times when I haven't even been conscious of what has been going on because so much has been going on that I felt that I was drowning. And in the last, oops, that's the doorbell. And sweet Eric is going to open the door, our wonderful producer. Um, No, what I was going to say is that I found that another thing that is unbelievable and has worked for me far better than any medicine ever will. And I'm a very sensitive person, so much so that a handful of blueberries will more quickly heal a headache than a paracetamol. Turmeric, ginger will go in and strengthen my immune system far quicker than... Lemon. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. But what I wanted to say was these energy blockages, I feel that one of the reasons why my health has been so strong for the last 10 years when actually it could have been compromised because on a cellular energetic level so much has happened. But I've had acupuncture with one of the most extraordinary women on the planet. Actually, I've had acupuncture with her for the last 18 years. I've also introduced her to Sabina. And I believe that she's beyond. So every time I've seen Karen Cohen, and at times I've had to see her once a week, at times I see her once every couple of months. But she literally tunes into my energy by feeling my pulses. She can feel exactly what's going on in my body. She feels exactly where I'm blocked. And these blockages, I believe, have happened as a consequence of the life that I lead. By putting those needles in, she has completely released the blockages. And I mean... When I saw her last week, I said to her, I think you are such a great part in having kept me health, healthy and safe. Uh, I think actually to the point that you might actually also have saved my life. And I think that so not by releasing those blockages, it's incredible because then the energy can yet again flow free. It is the same principle as the healing code, but actually in a physical form because the needles do release energy. And so what happens there is that then everything can come to you and you can actually attract Mm -hmm. what you want to attract because you're no longer blocked. And what we do a lot as humans, actually, by our belief systems that we might hold even from the past we block our future experiences because we don't believe we deserve we don't believe we we can really have this we don't believe we can afford this car or that house or that relationship and that to me is the biggest trauma of this time that we are so blocked in ourselves because we actually don't believe we deserve it and i think this yes we do deserve Life is meant to be happy, not sad. And I think these are tools that can open us as people, as beings, to actually have the life, lead the life we deserve that brings us happiness, satisfaction and well-being. What I think is really important to mention here is also this is not a thing about money. This is a thing about energy being blocked. And no matter where you live, no matter if you are in the middle of a forest, three and a half hours drive from any acupuncture or Reiki or other healing uh, therapist, this book, The Healing Code, is a book that costs under £10 and is a tool we couldn't, all of us, recommend more highly because in this, you learn how to heal yourself. I've used other people. I'm now going to learn how to heal myself instead. This is an incredible gift. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So just going back to your life and your, which is why we invited you here today to talk about your journey. Um, I think it would be really great to hear about how when you're not spending so much time and investing so much time with your bonus children and your own daughter, how do you release and how do you let go and how do you enjoy yourself and how do you give back to yourself what you need? So um, I, well, I grew up in Germany with um, quite disciplinarian parents. So I suppose a big part of this is to have a certain discipline in life. So I try to get up early. And then, you know, make time to, I love animals. I, I'm a show jumper, a passionate show jumper. Horses give me a lot of peace. They um, give a lot of happiness. They're great healers. So I try and make time and space on a daily basis um, to basically reconnect with the pureness of nature, animals, and come back to the center. And I find that when I'm balanced and when I connect with the pureness of those animals or I'm in nature and I go into that moment, I appreciate nature around me, then you find inner balance again. And then you are able to um, deal with whatever comes at you easier because you yourself are more in balance. You're restored. You're restored. And I, I, just I, try and I totally things. hear you with that. I, I'm a massive horse lover as well. And actually, strange, this sounds completely ridiculous, but my dog helped me so much when my marriage was breaking down. Because I couldn't cry to my children, but Coco was always at the end of my bed. And so I'd grab her and just bury my face in her and talk to her. And she was a great therapist for me. I want to ask you a question, Sophie, because I've had many discussions with many people about this whole concept of crying in front of your children. And I just heard you say, I couldn't cry in front of my children. Is it wrong to cry in front of your children? I've asked many people this question and I very much believe in if I feel sad for whatever reason and my children happen to be in my company at the time where I feel this sadness, I will cry in front of my children and I will then explain to them that I'm crying because I'm feeling sad. I won't share anything that's not age appropriate with them, but I will share with them the fact that I'm feeling really sad. Because it means that crying doesn't become dangerous. It doesn't become a sign for children to think, oh my God, what's going on? My, my mom is crying. And I, and, and I simply decided to do this because I remember so clearly, I've grown up with parents who never cried. And when my mother died when I was 11, uh, and a couple of months after she died, and it was the one and only time I saw my father cry, seeing my father cry turned my world even more upside down than it already was. And I think it's so important to age appropriately, of course, and without too much drama. But I do believe in showing emotions, whether they be good or bad, is really, really important. I can absolutely also, if I'm really angry about something... And I do have a little bit of hot blood in me. I don't know why I'm completely Scandinavian, but I can I can occasionally get angry. And when I get angry, I what what comes organic to me is I, I shout and scream. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. But that's my way of getting it out. If I'm I think pissed we all off, have that I'm us. pissed off. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I get it out. So my children know. They know that yeah. what what they see is what they get. And mm. mummy has all kinds of emotions, and it just means mm. that no emotion is scary mm. or dangerous. I, I totally hear you with that. The problem with, with, with crying in front of my children at that point in my life was I was unraveling inside and I didn't want them to see me unraveling. Mm. And if I'd cried at that point, I would have cried so much that I wouldn't have been able to stop. And that would have I been totally, totally distressing for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I chose my moments to yeah, cry I right. and I chose my 
quiet time when they were asleep to cry. And I would cry and I would cry for hours and I'd cry to friends and I'd cry to my family and all those pent up feelings and I'd cry to a therapist, but I wouldn't ever show that to my children because I knew already what was coming next. And I knew eventually that I'd separate from my husband at some point because I was living in that moment of not wanting it to happen. And I was in fear. The last person I would have wanted to cry in front of was my son. I wanted to protect him as much as I could from that. That might be wrong, but I 100% didn't no, want to darling, see I, me I, I totally unraveling. understand the protection and that's why I'm, I, I'm asking, is it wrong? It, there is no right I think or wrong, there's circumstances know, where you can cry in front of your children. Absolutely, and the I do think when the pain one. is too, yeah. I think when something is, is too big and too painful and you do feel as if you start crying now, you will never ever stop. And I totally know mm. what that feels like. Mm. And in those rare occasions that that happened I actually don't cry simply because I am so frightened of if I do that I will never stop actually um, I think what Caroline said in the very beginning there's a lot of truth in it because I also grew up in a very authoritarian household where nor my father nor my mother in fact nor my grandmother ever showed any emotion and that is actually unnatural so you grow up as a child thinking showing emotion is not correct. So I think it's a balance. I think it's a fine line. I think, Sophie, you're right in saying you choose your moments. I do think it is it is traumatizing for a child to see a parent, as you said, unravel. I think that's a trauma. But I think it's absolutely okay to have a moment of weakness. And as a parent to show, you know what, I'm human. I feel sadness and that's okay. Yeah. And they learn to And it's not it. necessarily a weakness feeling sadness. Sadness no. is an emotion that's that that's you know, if you feel sad, you feel sad. Yeah. And I and think the, I think as you you've mentioned before, when when I, I'm terrible when I'm watching movies. I even used to I used to watch these senders, I used to cry in that. I used to cry at uh, Andrex advert oh, for bathroom paper, you know. You know, seeing puppies oh. brought tears to my eyes. So I really do I am quite an emotional person when it comes to films and same, things. Same. And you know, if I if I if an advert comes on the television for a child that's starving in Ethiopia I cry Mm -hmm. but I'm very happy to show those tears to my children but what I'm not prepared to show them is when it's uh, an uncontrollable feeling if if somebody dies if 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 a relative dies or a friend dies I think it's really important to show emotion and pain and tears but I think you know what it also as parents we are their world we are their base mm-hmm. and we are their, their stability pillars. that we are their pillars and I think no child wants to see their world their pillar their strengths mm-hmm. um, fall apart and that's I think so that's true. Yeah. no I agree with that I agree with that but but I just feel that on the rare occasions that my children have seen me cry they've also seen that this does not jeopardize the pillar. The pillar yeah. will still be strong yeah. after the tears are gone. Yeah. It will not rock their boat at all. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, th- their world is actually not crumbling. Mummy's just having a sad moment, and which she's going to get over. Mm-hmm. Like I have sad moments that I get over. Like I have an angry moment that I get over. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I just find for me, it's it's incredibly liberating, and it's incredibly and liberating true. seeing my children really feel all their feelings, whatever they may be. It they have the freedom in this home to be like that because it was, I grew up in a very, very different home. So it's really, it's made so much difference to me. And I just find as a result, I also find that I'm so much closer to my children because they're not frightened of, of sharing anger, of sharing frustration, of sharing fear, of sharing worry. You know, they, they can talk about it because they know it's okay. And actually, this is what you're just saying is absolutely correct. So whatever I went through in my life, whatever we've all gone through, I think it is so important to teach our children that we are always there to talk to them. There's always an open door to speak to them, to communicate, to help them through whatever they're going through. And I know that that in the relationship is my daughter and even my stepchildren has helped me a great deal that I always gave them the feeling I'm here. If you need to unload something, you need to talk about something, we're there. Mm-hmm. We're there to, with advice, with strength and with love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important as a parent. Massive. And I, I think I might have mentioned this before, but when I was separating from um, Alex, I was so afraid of the damage I was doing to Harry and Finn and I was afraid to see them cry because I just wanted to 
put a big band-aid on it and tell them that everything was going to be okay but of course it's not going to be okay and the therapist that I was seeing for the children a child psychologist said to me you've got to allow your children to cry and to cry for daddy and to cry that daddy's not in the house anymore because if you block that then they're never going to experience those emotions and if you show them that they are allowed to experience those emotions and you'll always be there for them then they'll they'll accept that that's that's okay yeah, because the emotions that you don't come out with will be stuck. And this really resonates very, very deeply with me because when my mother passed away, and this is a really, really long time ago, um, and I wasn't really surrounded by anybody who could help me heal or grieve mm-hmm. simply because I came from a very uh, old, formal, uh, serious background where feelings weren't really felt or spoken about. And it was a little bit as if if you put, if you push it under the carpet, then it goes away. And I tell you, that came and bit me in the butt, you know, in my late teenage, early 20s. There they were, knocking on the door, all the feelings that I hadn't actually... Um, no, Eric, sorry, that was me knocking on the table. Um, I was just explaining that uh, my feelings were knocking on the door. There wasn't actually a person by the door, but it is a little bit like a person. But the funny thing is, is that, and it's not even funny, but the thing is, is whatever feelings, whatever you have on the inside that you don't deal with, it's not going to go away. And if you don't get it out, this is what can manifest itself into mystery illnesses. It can manifest itself into deep blockages that can cause so much more harm on all levels, whether it's health, whether it's love, whatever it might be. And I really did learn the hard way, but I wouldn't say it was the hard way because I I couldn't be more grateful for the life that I've had. I couldn't be more grateful for the lessons that I've learned simply because I have had to dig so deep into the pit of my heart and soul. And I have had to rebuild everything. But it is the greatest gift that I could ever have given myself. Well, and just to come into that again, I also had a very uh, emotionally unavailable father. And I would say it took me 20 years to unravel those blockages and limitations I had through that. And I think this is what connects us also on this journey. And I think this is why we probably said what we said, that it is so important to share things with your kids and to be more available. And each other. I think, you know, with this whole female empowerment, we're allowed to fail at things. It was always when I was at school and growing up and I I never saw my parents cry. And if I did, I'd be absolutely mortified that our house was going to fall down or the world was going to end or something terrible was coming. And, it, you know, on the very, very rare occasions that my parents parents would have an argument and my mother would cry and run off upstairs. I was petrified. And I think, but what I was trying to say is that I think as women now, we're all on a different journey and we all eventually go on the same roller coaster ride of emotions, whether it's bereavement or failure in a marriage or troubles with teenagers or children or there's always going to be a hump in the road and you don't have to be perfect and nothing's absolutely perfect absolutely not but you know also if you if you're having a disagreement with one of your children and they storm off in a huff or you know I've got this magical daughter who has the most unbelievable temper tantrums I've ever seen in my entire life I mean it's really really quite brilliant I, I can resonate with that when she, son like that. she's growing a little bit out of them now but I tell you from she was five or six years old the way that she could lie on the floor yep. scream mm-hmm. stomp her hands and her feet mm-hmm. into the ground and I remember thinking this is brilliant you know this is fantastic oh I've never thought that you're getting it out honey you're getting it out this is fabulous and you know when everything calms down and you have a conversation yeah after the storm has settled that's true it's really quite fabulous Mm. I had a scenario this morning where Nicholas I don't know if he uh, got out of bed with the wrong leg or whether he didn't sleep so well last night, but he came down in such a mood and he's rarely in a bad mood. Um, But he was behaving so badly that he had to have a little bit of a timeout. And when I put him on the stairs and closed the door and just took myself a few minutes just to breathe. (laughs) And when I went to open the door, he was gone. And I was like, 
seriously, you were supposed to be having a timeout here. Yeah, well, I wanted to have a timeout up here. And he came down and I think, again, just letting them be these little people yeah. that have their frustrations mm-hmm. when That's they're behaving badly instead of, you know, instead of being on top of it. I, I have yeah. to say, I've learned this the hard way because Finn from a very young age has laid down on the floor and screamed and screamed and screamed in moments where he's been frustrated or angry or afraid. There's always a trigger for it, whether it's he can't stand the shoes that he's been asked to wear or the the jumper he's got on is it's too tight on one side or he doesn't want to do something or he's and he's had he's quite a late developer with speech so when he was very little he couldn't tell me how angry or upset he was so he'd literally lie on the floor and scream and I learned that the best way to handle it was to just walk away for a minute and rather than being on top of him and trying to reason with him and make him feel better. And I tried everything. I tried the, I read every single book. I tried to pick them up and cuddle them, whack in the face, kick in the ear, whatever it was, <laughs> <Doesn't work. laughs> which makes you really annoyed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I tried the, uh, the worst is when, when you're in the supermarket and they have one of these tantrums and then you leave them and then some woman will come up to you and say, you are the most terrible parent what are you doing leaving your child and then you're trying to explain to them i'm allowing my child to have a temper tantrum my child is having a temper tantrum but as everyone out there knows there is no reasoning with a child when they are having a temper tantrum and there's nothing you can do and and actually just leaving them Mm. and i will actually sometimes even look at them and 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 i won't belittle them in any way or or try and make it less important but i but i but I, I might have a little bit of a smile on my face, but that is simply only because I think it is so wonderful. And I will then say to them, this is great. Now, now get it out. You know, get it out. Get all these feelings out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, for me, that's actually now quite a long time ago. But I think also even with teenagers, I think, you know what, there are certain situations where you think this is really not right. But actually one finds a little bit, I mean, lots of love always. I think walking away, important. Mm. Don't go from the anger that you feel straight away and shout and scream at them. Doesn't help at all because all you get is more anger back. Yeah. Doesn't help. So yes, count to 10, walk away, come back, whatever. But then also what I find that with mature, what I found in our situation with maturity, a lot of things calm down actually and as long as you hold them with love and set boundaries though a little bit of boundaries is important because actually they thrive on boundaries Mm -hmm. because then you know what's right and what's wrong that's good consistent boundaries is the greatest gift that you can give your children and I think I sang this before but I'm going to sing it again no no because I love you no no because I love you this is a song one of my best Danish friends and I um made four or five years ago, simply because one of the hardest things in the world to say to a child is no. But this no is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your children. You should never back down. And I have to say that just going back to the very beginning, you know, when you take on another family, I think that sometimes no is the biggest empowerment because actually they thank you for it because they know that this is something they can't overstep and it brings you closer together in the end because there then is respect and actually a pride for what's right, what's mm-hmm. wrong, and then adhering to it and seeing mm-hmm. a thriving family and being proud of it. And they actually respect it. And mm-hmm. sometimes no is a powerful world said with love. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a vital part of bringing up your children. I mean, you know, we, we've been through all sorts of ups and downs and difficulties and highlights and everything with everybody does with children and actually we've got this amazing system now which we stick by which is the point system which sounds very military sort of set up at home it's not so military but basically when the children are doing something really good they get a point mm-hmm. and 20 points gives you 20 minutes on the ipad which is the absolute highlight of any well, week <laughs> and, and if and if they and if they really misbehave then there's no option for that ipad even if they get 20 points so it's quite a good boundary system to set up. And we really love helps. that. We're yeah. putting that into practice today. Now, girls, before we end this podcast, I just want to discuss, I just want to ask both your opinions because this week has really been about inequality. And I would love to hear your opinion on this. I just want to start off by saying that I flew to Denmark on Monday 
And one of the funniest things happened that I've never done before, which was as I was going through to the luggage bands, I realized that I actually really needed to spend a penny before driving uh, to my family home, which is a two hour drive. And I found myself walking into the gents. And it wasn't until I was in there and a man kind of looked at me and was like, uh, I think you've taken the wrong turn. And I came out and I realized that I just thought it was a woman with trousers. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I love that. I actually had a similar situation on Thursday. I was in a restaurant where they had symbols for the male and the female. And the, the female was a, a circle for the face and then one way triangle. And the man was a circle on the head and then the other way triangle. And I spent about 10 minutes trying to fit after several cocktails, <laughs> yes, thinking, well, confusing. which one should I go in? It's I mean, I don't, I don't want to catch anybody, you know. Anyway, I so that's it's an interesting one. Yeah, and, and when are they going to change that whole <laughs> so situation? I honestly, I find it a bit confusing too. I think it's quite liberating, um, and I think we are entering a very new world at the moment. And I think there's a bit of adjustment going on, mm-hmm. and I think that'll take some time. Mm-hmm. But I think people are free in their expressions of who and what they want to be, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. And now, do I understand it fully? No, but then I'm a little bit older than you guys, and I've, you know, I've grown up in very sort of clear boundaries, and those boundaries are being challenged, and there's nothing wrong with it. But don't you think, in terms of, I think, in terms of careers, I think, in terms of what it really boils down to, which is intelligence, creativity energy I think that what you want to accomplish in life in your professional life um, I, I, I think that men and women of course they should be equal but then you know at the end of the day I also believe that the whole concept of being a gentleman of opening the door for a lady I love that but that's for not equality a, that's no, good I manners <laughs> for holding out a chair for holding out a yes. chair but a lot of people are now saying that, well, you know, if, if you want to be equal on those mm. levels, then you should also be, then it's just as polite for a woman to hold the door for a man True. than it is for, a, for yeah. a man to hold the door for a woman. I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one because I'm a mum of two little boys, as, as you are as well. And but you want to um, grow up as gentlemen. I do. And I, I don't want to be this whole, you know, female, female and, 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 you know, feminist towards them. I'm trying to teach them to be really balanced caring individuals and with that comes respect and equality and you know they both go to a mixed school which was really important to me I didn't want them to go to a single sex school because I wanted them to be educated with girls and boys because I think there shouldn't be an integration ever at any point in our life really and I think we've lived through a generation where the men have always had the most successful jobs the most well-paid jobs and it's always been a given and the women have stayed at home and looked after the children but now I think women are so proactive and we don't stay at home looking after our children anymore we've we've the, the whole ch- shift well, we has do already both. happened well we do both but it's it's you know it, there's been a huge shift in the way things are happening so i think it's like a bit like the suffragettes when the voting came in i think we are we are undergoing a dramatic shift yeah. in our time and day and i think it's important because clearly there's a lot of women out there that do the same amount of work that the men do and they do not get paid the same money. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that that's being addressed yes. for sure and that we are clearly addressing it. Um, I do think it's a fine line that we have to also not, we have to try not to disempower men mm-hmm. because that yes. would be a shame. Absolutely. Because yes, we do want to have them as a gentleman that does hold the door open. And I think it's wonderful to feel protected by a man too. So I think it's a fine line. It is a very and I think we're finding a balance as we speak. And I, I think it'll I, take I think it's quite time. interesting as well. I think in our parents' generation, it was all of our, it was always our mothers that would raise the children and change the nappies and do the bottle feeding. But a lot of my friends who are married now to less old school guys, their husbands are so hands on and they get up and do the night feeds and they take it in turns. And they, you know, for me, I, it was always something that I felt very resentful of with my ex-husband is because he never once got out of bed because his reasoning, and I do understand this, was that he had to get up and go to work and I didn't. But still just to have that support you know and that uh, that sharing it's it's really nice and i think we're much more conscious of it now and and men are too and i'm i'm think this shift is a long time coming but we still have to just be respectful of each other the best person for the job and 
you know, if it's a woman exactly. or a man. And I think, you know, there's nothing better than a real man, you know, exactly. a real man, you know. I love a real man and there's nothing more wonderful than a real woman at the same yes. time. There's got to be a difference, you know, there's yeah. got to be a difference. And finding that balance is, will be tricky. Will be tricky. And it'll take some time. And I think that's also true that we have to be careful not to become too masculine as women. Mm -hmm. And yes. to be, you know, gentle and, and to be a woman is also really attractive and nice. And I think, yeah, it's about a balance and it'll come. Hope <laughs> Hopefully so. in time. Yeah. Right? And I've so. got Wilma on my lap now. And I really can't speak anymore. Because <laughs> well, it's been so nose. great to have you on today, Sabina. Thank you so much, my darling. Thank you Thank for you coming. everyone for listening in. It's been another great one. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great one. Have a great one. So much love from London. Simplicity, I feel like I've been missing me. Was not who I'm supposed to be. I felt this darkness over me. We all get there eventually. I never knew where I belong, but I was right. And you were wrong, been telling myself all along. Don't be so hard on yourself, go. Learn to forgive, learn to let go. Everyone trips, everyone falls. So don't be so hard. Top of the world, right where I wanna be. So how can this dark cloud keep raining over me? But hearts break and hell's a place that everyone knows. So don't be so hard on yourself, no. Let's go into simplicity. I feel like I've been missing me. Was not who I'm supposed to be. I felt this darkness over me. We all get there eventually. I never knew where I belong, but I was right. And you go home, been telling myself. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.